Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to want to listen very, very closely to today's video because in today's video, I'm going to show you the 17 money secrets to make your first million. These are the money secrets I used to make my first $100,000, my first million dollars, my first $10 million, and then tens of millions since then. This is not going to be your, hey, save money on Starbucks or your, hey, invest in a 401k and eventually you'll make a million. This is for the people that are serious about making their first million. And not only that, but turning 1 million into many millions more, not only for yourself, but for your future family. So on that note, grab a pen and paper and let's get into it. So the first secret is that money is a never ending game and you should treat it as such. I understand your position. You're looking at a million dollars and you're thinking, wow, if I had a million dollars, my life would totally change. And yes, of course, your life will get better. But just understand when you reach your first million, what do you think? You're going to stop the game. You're going to be happy. You're going to keep playing the game. You're going to keep going. And the only way to stay sane is understand that money is a never ending game. The only people that get depressed or think that money will ruin your life are the people that think that money is a destination. Some sort of figure, some sort of number is the end of your life. It's it's you've accomplished it and you're done. As long as you wake up and you play this game, understanding that you will be just as unhappy when you have $10,000 in your bank account as you will when you have $10 million, that means not happy with your financial situation. That doesn't mean you won't be proud. You can be very proud with your financial situation, but doesn't mean that you'll ever be content or you'll be happy because this is a never ending game. So treat it as such. The next money secret is learn when to say, I don't have the appetite for that right now. One of the reasons I did so well in my career is I understand that my main businesses now, which are software companies, I understood that these were very difficult businesses. They were very hard businesses and they required a lot of money to start, which is why five years ago when I had the opportunity to get involved in them, I simply said, I don't have the appetite for that right now. And there's even industries and businesses and ventures that can make me hundreds of millions of dollars. And I say, I'm sorry, I don't have the appetite for that right now. And the appetite for it may mean either the hunger or sacrificing a certain life. So you need to understand when to pick the right vehicle and when to pick the right opportunity for your career stage. It's kind of like you're doing bench press. You start off with one plate until you can work your way up to two plates, three plates, etc. One of the worst things that you can do is commit to a business idea, to venture, to an endeavor and say that you're going to give it your all or say that you're going to push when you know that either you don't have the ability or you simply just don't have the commitment and the hunger. And by the way, that is totally fine. It's fine to understand that there are certain opportunities that you simply don't have the appetite for right now. And that doesn't mean that you'll never have the appetite for it. The next money secret is that it's never possible until you see it. And either you see it online or even more powerful, you see it in person. This is why I've said for years and years and years publicly on YouTube, rather than going to Starbucks and spending $6 or whatever it is on a coffee, go to a fancy hotel lobby, go to a nice restaurant and spend $10 on a coffee. Because listen, even at the fanciest place on earth, what you spend maybe what $15 on a coffee. Okay, great. Maybe you've spent $9 more than you normally would on a coffee, but you can sit there for 45 minutes, sipping on your coffee, looking around. And when you realize there are certain people with $250,000 on their wrist, when you look at truly wealthy people and you realize, 
hey, most of the times they don't really wear brands. Most of the times they are very under the radar. When you look at wealthy people and you see the way that they move and the way that they act, you first of all start to absorb it, but you also start to realize if your reality is, I can't imagine making more than $50,000 a year and someone is literally sitting down with $150,000 on their wrist or whatever the number may be, it totally changes and it shifts your reality. This is also why if you can just walk around affluent areas, whatever the nice area of your city is, go there, walk around, see all of the money, see all of the wealth, and it will start to sink into your subconscious that it is possible. Now, the next money secret is aim to make money fast, but build wealth slowly. So listen, there's no such thing as get rich quick, but there is such a thing as get rich quicker. There's certain vehicles in life where you can get compensated far more for your time that you put in for the talent and the skill that you develop in that vertical than you would if you spent a thousand hours working in a different industry. So listen, never rush the process, but of course, try to make money as fast as possible. Try to become rich as quick as you can, but rich and wealthy are two very different things. So aim to build your wealth slowly because true wealth is only built through years and years and decades of wisdom of learning the right money lessons again and again and again. So aim to become rich quick, but aim to become wealthy slowly because that's the only way that you will keep it. Number five is ignore money advice from the financially illiterate. I truly believe that in this world, it is a matter of the financially literate and the financially illiterate. And it doesn't matter what background, what color, race, religion, whatever it is, it doesn't matter where you come from. It's simply a matter of financially literate and financially illiterate. You know, my mother, bless her, I love her to death. Single mother from Russia gave up her entire life for me. It's funny, she was a high school dropout, I'm a high school dropout, but the only difference between us is I made sure that I was gonna learn from a young age the language of money. What money is, where it comes from, how it works. So there are people in your life that have the best intentions for you, that love you, that care for you, but you have to ignore their advice. So that way you can take care of not only you, but in future, take care of them. Number six, money is energy and energy can never stay stagnant. I see this law where people make money and they are so afraid to spend that money. They're so afraid to circulate that money back into the economy. They're so afraid to release that energy and they're living in such scarcity mindset that they just end up losing it all somehow. Or they may not lose it, but more money never flows to them. Money is energy. It's inflow and it's outflow. And that doesn't mean that everything that comes in must go out, no. In fact, especially in your 20s, you should be saving and investing majority of the money that you make, but never hoard that money. Because if you do, the money becomes stagnant and you have cut off the flow of energy. Number seven is you need to build your peace of mind pot. This is a fund that gives you true peace of mind. This needs to be a safety net where you know that no matter what happens, no matter how ambitious, how big a risk you may even take, that you always have something to fall back on. I do not believe that money buys happiness, but I believe that money can, if you do it right, buy you peace of mind. And bear in mind, that doesn't mean making a lot of money because the person who makes $200,000 a year and only spends $40,000 and has a very big peace of mind pot, that person has far more peace in their life than the person who makes $20 million a year and manages to spend $19 million because they're running on such thin margins and they're playing such a dangerous game. So from day one, if you can build your peace of mind pot, then that's great. And bear in mind, in my opinion, the older that you get and the larger that peace of mind pot gets, the more income that comes in, the higher the percentage that you can spend. So I'm not saying for the rest of your life, you need to put away, you know, 
80% of everything that you make. I'm just saying at the beginning, really build that peace of mind part. So that way you're not going into your career stressed, but instead can focus because you understand that you're good. And then later down the line, once that part's big enough, then go spend and never let anyone tell you that something is too expensive. If you have your finances in order, if you're always putting good money away, if you want to spend $100,000 on some stupid thing that no one else gets, but it makes sense for you financially, go spend it. I really don't agree and don't like all these people that make just make all this money and hoard it and keep it and don't do anything with it. At a certain point, you need to enjoy your life. And if you don't want to enjoy your life, go spend it on your loved ones, on the ones that you care about. Let them enjoy the spoils of your work. But as I said, always keep your peace of mind part. The next one is money is an identity. And it truly is. I'm telling you right now, you could work extremely hard, but if you have the identity of a poor person, it will always chain you. In life, you do not get what you deserve. You get what you think you deserve because what you think you deserve dictates your actions and your actions dictate what you actually get in life. You know, it's very unfortunate. You see a lot of people in abusive relationships and the reason they stay in those relationships is because they have some part of their identity that thinks they deserve it. Because the crazy thing is, after they get out of one abusive relationship, they find their way into another. So it is ingrained as a part of their identity. So you can have something that is as heartbreaking and unfortunate as that, but also from the extreme side of things, all the way to the person that just has an identity that they are not someone who is worthy or deserving of money. This is why I always tell people, go buy that $12 coffee at the hotel, go into these affluent areas and just understand that these are normal people. They move differently, they talk differently, they carry themselves differently, but at the end of the day, these are just normal people. Now, the next one is that reputation can never be rebought. So act accordingly. In life, you need to understand that you will always have the opportunity to make more money, but your reputation is almost impossible to claw back. So the next time you think about f***ing over some business partner or cutting someone out of a deal when you made a promise or in general, just making money from dirty means, understand that your reputation will live with you for the rest of time. Your reputation carries on because just like Chinese whispers, people will talk and talk and it will continue to permeate. So when you understand that your reputation is probably one of the most fragile things on earth, never ever put it at risk because it's very hard to rebuy. Now the next one, and this is something very important that very few people do, is ask the hard questions before you get into a working relationship with someone. To me, it's bizarre to see that people get into business partnerships without asking the difficult questions of, hey, what happens if we have a disagreement? What happens if we have a fallout? Equally, it's very interesting to me that people hire someone full time to represent them, their company, their brand, and they don't ask questions about someone's personal life. Someone's personal life is a very big testament to what they are like in a working professional setting. I can guarantee that if you go look at someone's car and it's full of trash and it's messy, that probably that reflects their quality of work and what they are like in the workplace. So just understand that it is much better to ask the awkward, uncomfortable, personal questions ahead of time and get it out of the way because then you truly understand who you are going into business with and who you are working with. And you always want to think worst case scenario, going into a working relationship with someone, understanding that very likely it won't happen, but at least you've explored that scenario together. Now, number 11 is that one man's opportunity is another man's downfall. There is a certain business opportunity that will probably make you a billionaire, but will probably wreck my career and vice versa. So just understand that not all opportunities are created equal. You need to assess an opportunity 
based on where you are in your career, what you're like as a person, you know, your strengths, your weaknesses, as well as your risk tolerance, how averse you are to risk and not only risk, but stress. I'm the sort of person that can deal with immense amounts of stress. And I just have this ability to take on stress and responsibility because from a young age, I had to take care of me and my mom. Whereas for another person, they may crumble. That doesn't mean that they're a bad entrepreneur or a bad business person or whatever it is. It just means that they're different. So my opportunity could be their downfall. So really just understand that concept when assessing what the next step is for you. The next one is that money flows where attention goes. So this is why it's very important that you audit where are you actually putting your attention? Because wherever you're putting your attention, if you're putting it in bad things, for example, like video games, I know that everyone wants to debate me on this, but if you want to make your first million, if you are hungry, why on earth do you own a gaming console? Because number one, you might be roped into buying some extra, I don't know, what are, like, what are they, skins? Some extra skin or gun attachment or some extra plug-in or limited edition bonus or I don't know, whatever the video games sell. So not only you're spending more of your hard-earned money on that game, you're also preventing yourself from actually going out and increasing your earning potential and getting closer to making that first million. So be very careful what you have in your environment because as I said, money flows where attention goes. The next one, and this is very important if you are thinking about buying something, is if you damaged it or lost it, would it sting? Would it ruin your week or your, you know, a couple weeks or months? Because here's the thing, let's say you bought something nice and it broke or it got damaged. If that kind of affects you for an hour or maybe let's say even a few hours, but if that would ruin your whole day, your whole week, you know, even a few weeks, it's simply not worth it and you are not at a stage in life where you can afford it. You can never get to a stage where the things you own end up owning you. Number 14 is that constraints are your friend, especially when you're first starting your career or your business. If you have reasons to be resourceful and think outside the box, they are actually your best friend. Constraints actually allow you to think outside of the box and it usually gives you a competitive advantage over the rest of your peers. Number 15 is you need to understand that the velocity in which money comes in should quicken. Getting your first 100K in the bank is hard. Getting your first million in the bank is still very hard, but not as tough as the first 100. To go from 1 million to 10 million in the bank sometimes takes more time, but is a lot easier. And then honestly, to go from 10 to 100 million in the bank, it is substantially easier. But once again, the only factor that is different is it just takes a little bit more time. So just understand that the velocity, you know, how quickly your income goes up should quicken over time. So usually it's a slow, steady start. But then as you build up your skills, as you build up your wisdom, it actually gets quicker and also easier. The next one is that moving money is in, moving money out is difficult. Buying the car is simply a matter of sending a wire. Selling the car can be a very difficult, painstaking process. The same applies to a house. The same applies to, you know, even just certain investment vehicles and investment services. These things are very easy to get money in, but getting money out, there can be different terms, clauses, etc., etc. So the next time that you look to put money somewhere or you look to invest in something, just ask yourself, how difficult will it be for me to get my money out of this? And number 17 is broaden your timeline. I kind of started off at the beginning of this video by saying that, listen, get rich quick, you know, or try to get rich as quick as you can, but still broaden the timeline. The idea that you're going to go from, you know, zero to a million, actually million in the bank, which for me truly means that, you know, you're a millionaire. You know, the idea that you're going to do in a few months or even that you're going to do it in a year, 
is just unrealistic. Give yourself three years, four years, five years. You know what, maybe it even takes you 10 years. But as I said, the beauty of it is every year it gets easier, you get wiser, you get smarter, and the velocity in which money comes to you should increase over time. Once you've acquired the ability and the skills to make money, it just gets so much easier after that point. But remember, broaden your timeline, be patient, all good things take time. So ladies and gentlemen, those are the 17 money secrets I've learned in my career over multiple different industries. My recommendation is that you save this and rewatch this a few times because every time you watch this, I guarantee there's one concept that a light bulb will go off again and you will really start to internalize the lesson. I hope that was useful to you. And as always, I'm watching you from afar and I'm rooting for you.